Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yes, good morning everyone. Welcome to Mobile Rolling. And um, as Tony mentioned earlier when we did the preview, there's seven events on the program at Globe Derby today and there was one horse which captured my eye with a little bit of interest and it's in the seventh race. It's a horse called a Hoka Agent, which is a former New Zealand horse now here in South Australia and is trained by Peter Brown and driven by her husband, Terry Brown. And I thought I'd catch up with Terry to find out a little bit about this horse and how he's going in particular. And he joins us on Mobile Rolling once again. Terry, welcome to the show once again. And how are you going, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks, James. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad for an old guy. Uh, look, I, I wanted to find out a little bit about a Hoka agent because the, the little bit of research that I did, I watched a couple of races. Uh, the run at Forbury Park, he hasn't raced since the 8th of July. Um, showed pretty good gate speed there, worked to the front, and then the, the favour took over, and he battled on OK in that race. And I went a bit further back and looked at the win at Invercargill where he took the lead after about four or 500 metres and held them all at bay. So he's got a bit of bottom about him. Uh, I noticed on the news. Zealand website that it shows he was exported on the 1st of December in 2021. Does that sound pretty close to the mark to where you guys got him over there? Yeah, that's pretty pretty close, mate. He, um, he, he left New Zealand. He was a week in transit from um, from when, um, when Josh brought him and um, just getting sort of IRT organised and that with COVID and everything. It was just a logistical nightmare and he sort of spent uh, two days getting there, and then a couple of days at uh, at the place there at, a, at an adjustment farm, and then he came over. Yeah, um, he was sort of somewhere near the mark from the from the previous trainer, who I haven't spoke directly with, just just through the agent and that, and um, he was ready to go to the workouts, and and yeah, he's just been a little work in progress since we've had him home. Yeah, what does he look like when he lobbed at your your, your and your wife's <coughs> wife's property? How did he look? Yeah, he looked well in himself, but um, you, you probably wouldn't want him any lighter than he was. He, he was very racy for a horse that hadn't raced for six months. But like, like I say, um, I think I think his name was Alistair Black. Had him in New Zealand, and um, he had him ready. He was ready to go to the workout, so he was ready to have a trial, and and um, and we just sort of give him a light week for the first week, and then kick him over since then. And um, yeah, he hasn't sort of done much wrong to make me want to think that I needed to trial him or anything as well. And, again, it's logistical with me trialling them. As, as you'd know, I, I'd very, very rarely take him to the trials, me and Peter, just where we live, and it's very hard to get to Globe Derby on a Sunday morning. It means we've got to be up at Scarafart type thing. And, um, you know, like, and I work every Sunday, and Peter works some Sundays, and, you know, Nick gets down there to the trials when he has to, but, um, you know, like, we prefer to be able to be there if, um, if we've got runners, you know. Yeah, and um, so you're not far from Kapunda. So when it comes to fast work, I probably asked you this question before, but do you do fast work at your home track or do you actually go to the Kapunda track or where do you do fast work with this guy? Yeah, well, I haven't got very many that go fast, but uh, when I when I stride them along, I can do everything here. I've um, got a nice hill in the track and, um, you know, like our, our place is about 12 k's out of Kapunda and I'm a member of the Kapunda um, Harness Racing Committee, but... Um, I used to used to take them in there and give them a good strong hit out like week ten days ahead, but um, we found we sort of I don't know we just don't need to you know like oh, I can do nearly everything I can do here, 
Um, and and yeah, I've got a just under a thousand metre track, and as I say, it's got a hill in it. And without being silly about it, like it's the probably only only drawback um, is it's not hugely wide, and it's very hard to work sort of more than two or three together. And also, just to have me, Peter, and Nicholas home at the same time, um, that don't happen very often either, you know, like, because we all, like, me and Peter work, and Nick's just finished schooling and went to Melbourne with Lord Chancellor for the big bread, and he come home, and, um, yeah, so the horse hasn't actually worked with another horse yet. He was supposed to on uh, on Friday, and, um, yeah, I, I think the alarm didn't go off and the boy had a bit of a sleep in, but anyway, the, that happens on big jobs. <laughs> I wish it did because so I would have liked to have worked with another horse. <laughs> you know, he, he, um, he, he obviously he obviously had uh, more on his mind than working the horse. He, he wasn't driving him, so he's probably upset with me that he wasn't driving him. Well, that's the other thing. Usually, usually, uh, Peter, your wife or Nick's mum usually chucks him on, but uh, you've got the steer today. So, but this is this is something. Uh, this is unusual, is it, for you to get a, a New Zealand horse straight to your stable? I mean, I mean, fair to say, in the past, you've you've sort of received cast-offs from other major stables within Australia. But is this the first time you've had a, a New Zealand horse straight to the straight to the uh, Peter Brown stable? No, we, we had a couple when um, when Mark Bobilio, uh was at um, he was situated at Mildura um, or yeah. Swan Hill actually, and and he used to buy us an odd one. And when I got smashed up in real bad in two thousand and seven, like we were sort of cut right back. And Nick was only a wee little kid; he was only three or four. And Pete was working a job and having to babysit me because I couldn't do anything for myself. Um, and uh, like. The only thing she said she wouldn't do for me would be wipe me butt. Well, I had to learn to do that with one hand. That wasn't always easy. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, and, and we got out looking over and we're lucky enough with him. He was a he was a cheapie. He was just something that Mark had picked out himself and done a bit of research on him. And he'd had 20 starts when we got him for one win at, I know, a grass track called Westport, I think they called it. And um, yep. and anyway, we um, they had three meetings in a week and, and they said the bloke that had him over there bloke called Barry Perkins, I think was his name from memory, and he um he just dabbled in one or two, and they said, look, um, we think this horse would do a fair job in, in, in Oz, and the worst part with him is he costs more to transport him over here than what he probably actually paid for him, and, and um, we got him here, and we were lucky enough to win his first five on end, and then I sent him over to Gavin for the Tontini. He won four at Clove Derby and broke the track record there one day, and then he went to Mildura and won that race, and Gavin took him from just after that and took him to Melbourne for the time team. He ran second and fourth and Gavin's own, uh, his own thing. He just said, uh, he said he overdrove him a bit in the final and, and that happens on big jobs as well. And, and um, then he come home and he ran third, second and fifth in the heat of the, of the Grimmel in the, in the series. And then we turned him out and brought him back. He had a couple of runs and, um, and then he won his next round end. And then I sent him back to Chris Lang to try and win an MO with him and, he had um, he had a few little health issues there, and Chris won the Charlton Trotters Cup with him. He done a great job with him, and um, he sent he come home and he wasn't right. And then we played around with him, and we got him back, but he wasn't the same horse. He, he, his lungs were very badly affected, and we we're sort of always playing catch up. But he he probably gave me two of the biggest thrills I've ever had. The, the night I first night I ever met Mark Mobilio was at Mildura when um, I'd had horses for him. But that's the first night I met him with that horse in the Springvale Valley Trotters Cup thing up there, and. And then, um, and then the night he won at he won at Harold Parkey and he won the Charlton Trotters Cup. But 
It probably, as stupid as it sounds, he won a, a $1,500 race at Strathalbyn one day against the Pacers, and back sort of 10 years ago, other than the real good ones, he didn't race many trotters against the Pacers, and he beat the Pacers, and, and that was um, one of my biggest thrills ever in harness racing, like a lowly race on a Sunday afternoon at Strathalbyn, and he beat the Pacers. It was just, it was nearly the pinnacle, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the name of that horse again was? Outlooking. Outlooking, was, of course. Now, a, when I look at Outlooking, um, that's the the um, and you look at the harness racing website. Basically, yeah. it tells you everything about everyone. Now, well, I, I, the only thing it doesn't tell me about you is what you had for breakfast, but it tells me your percentage of winners and all that sort of thing. But Outlooking, of course, had 17 starts for your stable for 12 wins, the best ever strike rate out of all the horses that your wife, Peter's trained, 71% there. It wasn't the biggest prize money earner here in SA. No. McWhip still holds that with 41K. Yeah, um, yeah. from his 13 wins, but, uh, yeah, definitely the best strike rate. So you could take out looking to the track and, and be confident you're going to get a get a check anyway. That's what it was back in those days. Exactly. He, he was just a lovely horse. Like, Mark brought him on a budget, and uh, and as you alluded to earlier, very rarely do I get a, my hands on one that um, somebody else hasn't already had and had problems with or something, and, and, and hence, like, our, um, that filly on Saturday night, our, um, like... We call her Lucky and our Spitfire, you know, like Ryan had her and he said she had some ability, but she just had a few flaws and a few uh, hiccups in her mind. And it's taken us sort of six or eight starts, but touch wood that she's sort of nearly there. Like that would have been a nice night on Saturday night. But anyway, a short half head or a pimple is a pimple and, and that's where she got beat by the dirty bugger. But anyway, um, yeah, but no, he was, a, he was a very nice horse to us. Him and Lord Oberon would probably be the best two in strike rate that we've had, Jimmy. Like Lord Oberon, I think he won... 15 from 33 and and three of them start sorry six of them starts that we gave him he he we we knew he had a problem but we couldn't find it and he ended up with a slab fracture in his knee and we got him operated on and brought him back and we're working him and looking after him and giving three starts and he, he wasn't he wasn't sort of performing and i come off the track at Glow Derby and i said to peter we've either got a because he used to take a mountain of work with i said we've either got to work the tripe out of him and get him right and break him down or it's a waste of time gearing him up. So he went to Mildura and he ran second in a free-for-all and he come home from there and I brought him home and worked him on the Sunday and he worked the, as good as he'd ever worked and I thought he was a moral in the free-for-all the following Saturday night and he pulled up short and never raced. But he won, don't quote me, but I think he won, I think he won 13 for us from 30, 32 starts, I think. And like just did a great job, like... Him and him and Outlooking probably and Mary would Greek, they'd probably be the, the, the three pinnacle horses that we got and they're all for, come from elsewhere, you know. So that's yeah, all right. bar Outlooking I got him first up like in Australia, yeah. And Omaha Beach was a nice horse. We got him over from New Zealand. Again, Mark paid very little money for him and we were lucky enough to um win a couple with him. I think he won four from his first six and then he had a problem and yeah, we never seen the best of him and he ended up at um Joe Costas, and because Joe thought he could help him, and and he got. I said to him when he took him, I said, Joe, if you if you work him like a normal horse, you'll get a month out of him. You might improve him, and he'll and, and then he'll be buggered. Well, sure enough, he ran six days after he left here. He ran second in the Nia Cup consolation, and then he worked him, and he rang me, and he said he just worked the place down. He'll win at Melton on on Friday night, and they took him there, and he couldn't get around the home turn, and 
within three weeks he was he was buggered and never ever raced again. Yeah, but he was a lovely horse. Um, he was by Courage on the Fire, and just probably for sheer quality, him and um, like this Ohaka horse are probably the best two I've put my hands on uh, as far as quality. I, I think this horse is a very nice horse that's in today. Um, you know, like he, he's got he's got a few little issues, and um, you know, as they all do from New Zealand, he's a bit anti and. He can sort of want to over race a little bit, and that and that's part of the reason why I'm driving him first up. There's there's a little bit of money invested in him, and and um, I said to Josh, who who's wrapped, has Nick driving him, and he drives Lord Chancellor. Josh brought him, and and then with money proceeds he got off him, he he, he sunk into this one through being able to uh, have something on him on the right night, and um and he and he brought this one, and you know like this one, like he won't return at all in the first three months, but like I, I think. Over the period of the next 12 months, if he stays down, he'll make a really, really nice horse, you know. Okay, so we'll look for a hook agent today, see how he goes, and definitely okay. watch the future. The other driver you've got, uh, TK, is a roughie, Hopper's Dream. Um, look, we've already spoken about that uh, you don't drive that often nowadays. Usually Nick gets the drive, but it shows you that this was your most recent winner, Hopper's Dream. That was back in April of 2020. So you, you're due, yep. I know you got very close of our Spitfire Saturday night, but you're due to get another winner. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice if it had been Saturday night. I could probably nearly uh, hang my hat on that one at $126 with uh, with a little bit of stable money that we had on it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just about uh, pulled the pin, but like um, she's the same. Like like um, we got her, we brought her cheap man and a mate of mine. He, he's he's probably as good a mate as I've got as Andrew Dunn, and um, Andrew's been in a lot of horses with me. He's in with Regal Breeze with me, and she's done a great job in Melbourne, and she's home now having a blow and. Um, yeah, we got we brought her by Major Bronsky, and we brought tons of tenacity, and and we had a whole lot of fun with him, and um, he helped pay for her, and the, the boys, Marty Schrader and Brian Smith, had her at Port Pirie, and they um, they had a pacer, and they only sort of dabble with the pacers usually, and because there's no truck race at the period, um, she were all they, she had a hairline fracture in her back, Paston, as a three-year-old, and and she could run, she could qualify pacing, and anyway. When they brought her back, she didn't want to. She didn't want to pace. Didn't want to have a bar of it. And all, all it wanted to do was trot. And Marty didn't have the have the want to do it with the with the trotter. I think was the main reason. So they put her up for sale for not a lot of money. And we give a thousand dollars for it because that's what my budget allows. Um, them sort of horses. And we brought her home, and um, it could trot, mate. It really could trot. And she took half a dozen starts to sort of get the idea. Run third of the second start, I think. And then she had a few more runs. And then um, we give her a little blow and brought her back. And we um, we really liked her one night, and uh, and she beat Nerve Racking, who's a very nice trotter, and and we thought, oh, geez, we're in, when she matures and that, she'll do a really good job. Well, she had a tendon issue, and her last, very last start um, before the tendon flared up properly, like the tendon was hard, but it was there, and and I knew it was worrying her, and but there was no heat in it, but it was still there, and anyway, um, cut a long story short, we we she raced and she ran fourth, and she had no speed, and. I come back and I said, well, it should have won. And she only got beaten five metres. She went good. And we turned her out and thought we'd give her six months off and, and let her mature. And we treated it and looked after it and ended up being nine months off and brought her back. And I was working her and she could trot a mile in 20 without any problems just cruising around. The moment you went to quicken up, she was losing it. And I, I sort of I had a bit of patience for about a month and a half, six weeks and couldn't get her to trot. And I thought she might have had a driving muscle problem. So I chucked her in the paddock and we've got a train line next to our place and runs for two kilometres in a straight line. And she'd run down the, or walk down the end or whatever. And, and then when I start working the horses, the, the back straight runs alongside of it. And 
and she come pelting up trotting and I went, Well, that ain't much wrong with you, you bugger. So I brought her back into work and similar thing and one day she she just wouldn't trot and, and she had a canner and I went, Well, if you want a canner, you bugger, you can can her and I give her a, a mile gallop and I thought, Well, she'll either want to trot now and she was a bit knackered after that and and then she just didn't want to trot, so I slung the hobbles back on her, took her to Gawler and she and she qualified and Nick took her to Peary and she actually went good and then we had a little problem and, and the next two runs were basic and then she ran third a couple of weeks ago. I thought she was entitled to run second, run past um, Prince of Whitby who's no longer with us but um, she couldn't run past him and I was a bit disappointed and then on the Saturday night she sat one at one back, didn't feel it posy and just pulled up not right and uh, and we found a little issue so hopefully she sort of goes better today but i drawn, you know, as, as it does with mine a lot, I don't know why, but um, could have drawn two to six and uh, two to seven, sorry, and drew superbly in seven. So I've got two runners today over 1,800, one drawn seven and one drawn ten. You goofy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to have to work out a plan of attack. Yeah, I, uh, we'll be watching this New Zealand guy. There's no doubt about that, uh, Terry, our no, agent. And we'll, uh, we'll see what he, he progresses into. But, uh, yeah. mate, uh, I, I've got to wrap you up there because otherwise they won't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can talk. I'm a bit like yourself, James. I, I can talk when I get going. <laughs> hey, yeah, good As luck with you today at uh, Say Go. But you know yourself, Jimmy, because like, you've driven for me when you used to have a drive and I can get a bit animated. And I'm, I'm sort of not so bad when I'm driving them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible watcher, though. But, you know, watching that kid progress and that and, um, you know, like just hopefully he can sort of get a go, it, it makes it a bit hard. He's... Nick's six foot three, and um, and he's got a bit of size about him. He's he's not he's not a he's not a beanstalk like Corey and Jason and Sam. You know, like he's got he carries a bit of he carries a bit of beef about him. And um, you know, I suppose that's really heritage. His size carries a bit of beef, as, as you know. But one thing about it, mate, as you know, like come to the trucks with me a bit in the younger day, uh, we used to have a bit of fun, even if we didn't get the cash, we still had a bit of fun. Yeah, well, mate, you're at 55 years of age. The Harness Racing Australia website uh, tells me with 156 wins as a driver, he's only 18. He's got five. He's catching up already, TK. Well, I'll tell you what. If he if he if he if he uh, if he uh, steers if steers uh, to instructions every time, um, he, he'd have 15 winners now. But you know, like, and um, I suppose I'm a bit hard to drive for, as you know. Um, I sort of get a bit uh, I get a bit set in my ways in my old age. But anyway, no, no, I'm an old man, mate. And I'd, I'd prefer to just watch the kid. But um, Hopper's Dream is one of my favourites. I love her. She's she's one of my mates, and and that's why I drive her. She, and she's a She's a rag of a thing, but I like her, and um, and and I tend to take them ones, as you know. And I'm only driving the New Zealander because I just wasn't game to let the kid loose on him first start without knowing anything about him, not being to the trials, you know. And but I just, um, yeah, look, he's a very nice horse, and he'll do a good job in the future. All right, mate. Hey, Terry, we've got to wrap it up. We've got Warrnambool Greyhounds coming up. Get get the horses ready with your wife, Peter. Get to the track, and and we'll see you out on track at Glebe Derby today. Thanks for your time. Have a great have a great one, James. Thanks for thanks for ringing me. Bye bye.